Hey, you. Yes, you. Listen, before the podcast takes place, I want you to know from whatever how you're listening to this, whether it be on iTunes, Google Play, or some radioactive frequency wave you just have in your stoner brain of yours because you just smoked too much of that good kush or whatever the fuck you like to trip on and just can't realize you clicked on the podcast category for some dope-ass audio. Or wherever you may on right now, whether it be driving down the interstate or some fucked up traffic that you don't want to be in, Walking around the block with your purse-sized dog in one hand and gimmick Starbucks cup in the other. Walking out your place because you can't stand your annoying bitch-ass girlfriend slash boyfriend right now because you're not doing something she slash she told you for the hundredth time today. But you keep going back and you know the flame is still there. Oh, hey, you baby should be taking a shit. Or sitting in your country at war right now because you goddamn right we support our troops. So whether this is your first time listening or a long-time staff fanatic, we here on Topics on the Pod you heard to say welcome. So sit back, relax, roll another one, or whatever the fuck you like to take the edge off, and enjoy the show, you fucking bitches. <laughs> What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is your host, Jesse, a.k.a. DJ Stash, a.k.a. the host of this motherfucking podcast. And this is episode 25 on Topics on the Pod. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We have hit the quarter milestone, a quarter of a century, if you want to call it. We have hit 25 episodes, ladies and gentlemen. I am so happy for this. Bruce Pratt. God, I'm surprised I'm still keep going with this. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, guys. I love, I love doing this, guys. I love just doing podcasts, talking about it. Uh, it's kind of like helps sp- celebrate get to this milestone of 25. I've uh, actually gotten to my intro and outro for this podcast, so I'm hoping you just enjoy the intro for this podcast. I'm gonna uh, do the outro of this podcast at the end of the uh, the show. Yeah, lots been going on, man. Uh, for people uh, who've been uh, following my show, why not you stash fanatics or you know first time listeners? You know, welcome to the show, guys. Uh, a lot of things going on for the WWE aspect. Uh, so as we're currently recording this, uh, the WWE Elimination Chamber is coming up next Sunday. I'm really excited for that because uh, I'm actually going to go to that event. It's going to be in Houston, Texas in the Toyota Center. And me and one of my uh, best friends are going to head down there. Probably uh, get tore up, you know, get a few drinks in us and go wild and uh, probably stay the night there, you know, because we don't, we don't do that dome that drinking and driving. I have to take a sip here on my Bud Light here. I've been drinking about it. It's probably my eighth beer now. I'm still going, man. I've been on a good, good. I was. I, w- I wouldn't say. A, I don't have a specific like keto diet or veterinarian diet. <laughs> veterinarian, <laughs> vegetarian diet or vegan diet as most people do it. I just. Uh, I've been doing it, man. I mean, I guess you could sell my some of my YouTube videos. You know, it's a cheap plug there. I just. I've been just eating lean chicken salads, man, from Walmart. Like those pre 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 set up salads. You could just find kind of like. By the uh, roasted rotisserie chicken section, it's over there by the deli. Ah, that's where it is, my local Walmart. Anyway, I always get off. Uh, I get it like a one o'clock area because that's when I get off my gimmick job. So I'll get about three of those at a time. They're all I get like the uh, sometimes just the regular Caesar salad one or the Southwest one. Just whatever is the cheapest one. It is pretty good, man. I've I've lost pretty good weight and kind of kind of like this is my cheat cheat night right now. I'm recording this on uh, February tenth. Right now, in 2019, approximately 4:40 a.m. Right now, in my luxurious apartment in Central Texas. So, yeah, man, just uh, 
got a pizza from Papa John's earlier. They had a Philly cheesesteak that's currently back right now. And I currently see like Papa John's is doing like a uh, kind of like a vulture kind of next flavor, or I won't say flavor, but next topping they 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 want y'all to come out. They had like four different ones. Uh, I don't I don't exactly remember what all four was, so let me try to look it up. Let's see. I know the last two was like, it's like chicken and waffles and something else. Like, oh, that's the one I'll, I'll try to vote it. But it, was, it was like posted on Twitter, which we can get to a Twitter subject in just a minute. So, I'm going to look it up. Papa John's flavor. Or next. Uh, let's see a vote. Let's see. Let's, let's look at this right here. Yeah, it says Papa John wants you to vote for one of their truly odd pizzas, apparently. Let's see what we have here. So there's supposed to be like four choices, and what it was called, pick your, it says pick our next pizza campaign, all pretty crazy. Uh, one of them was called the Heveros uh, Rancheros Pizza. It said it was described as a delicious take on Heveros uh, Rancheros with chorizo eggs, onions, tomatoes, marshmallow, and rancho sauce. And then it was a pizza called The Roast, which celebrates that we are now in the lunar year of the pig, which, you know, in Chinese New Year, they call it, you know, the year of the pig. Uh, it's topping a very meaty pizza with smoked pork, pork, bacon, onions, and chili hosen barbecue sauce. And then there's the uh, hot honey chicken and waffles pizza. It's touted as being savory and sweet on one bite and includes crispy chicken, waffle crumbles, bacon, cheese, and a drizzle of spicy honey. Yeah, those are pretty much the four choices, guys. Like I I was trying to vo vote it, but I couldn't really figure it out how it works on Twitter. But... Uh, if I was going to pick one of those, I definitely want to go with the hot and honey chicken waffles. But I think as I'm recording this now, they're down, down to the two, which I think it's the chicken waffle. I know it's chicken waffle for sure, but I think it's the egg one. It's the other one. It's either the egg one or the pick one. I can't really remember, but I definitely know chicken waffles is definitely in the container shit right now. So if you're listening right now, guys, let's let's try to get that hot and honey chicken waffles pizza, guys. Let's, let's vote for that. I definitely want to try that out because I will review it for my YouTube channel. You can check it out. See, enough about that. Yeah, some about Twitter. Uh, I don't know. If, I mean, if y'all listen to podcasts, of course, majority of y'all probably listen to like Joe Rogan podcast. As do I. Uh, apparently, he's got like a lot of controversy with uh, when he interviewed uh, Jack Dorsey from the CEO of Twitter. He was a lot of a lot of people were like criticizing because he thought he was like boycotting like some questions. Like pretty much playing it safe on the podcast. Like more as I'm asking him like hard hitting questions about censorship on Twitter. An example from like the Alex Jones case, you know how he, how he got banned from all the social media platforms and all that. So a lot of people were just like really stricken him down for Joe Rogan. I ever want to support him with Joe Rogan. I believe what he what he says, you know, where he recapped about uh, when he apologized for the Jack Dorsey podcast and how he he recently talked about it with another guy. Uh, I'll look what he. I think he was the guy who was talking to about it. And he's supposed to have another guy too. Uh, I think the next day as we're recording this to talk about. That censorship as well, so I want to get this other guy, other guy's name right. Uh, yeah, Sam Harris. He was talking about ha Sam Harris about that situation. So you can check that out as well. They were talking about the uh, the Jack Dorsey uh, Twitter situation when he did that podcast. He even said it was boring. Like like I'm saying, a people were just saying like he played it safe because uh, one of his ads is the uh, Cash App, which you know Twitter is you know CEO of that he owns uh, the Cash App. But he was just saying, like, yeah, man, I don't really need cash up. I mean, if he he doesn't really need it for the money, so he just he's basically saying, you know, he wasn't trying to play stay with him. He just didn't cross his mind to actually do talk about those certain subjects. So, 
you know, good on him for joking, man. Like, that's why I listen, listen to him, man. I, I feel why a lot of people like, you know, staying listening to him. Man. He's a real motherfucker dude, man. He He's really straightforward. He tells it how it is. So that's that's how I like to do my things. That's how I am as a person. I don't, I don't sugarcoat anything. I like to tell how I feel and fit. So that's that's why I'm behind Joe Rogan. I've seen his I've seen his stand up. I've been to his stand up live. I went to UFC two twenty eight. You know, I've seen him commentary on that. So I'm before the sport with Joe Rogan. But I guess wanna get off that rant. So uh as you're uh, as I was saying earlier, if you're a first time listener or you know, Stats Fanatic, we like to do a few uh Google News topics and then we'll get into the main topic, which our main topic is gonna be a top I kind of like specialize for this uh, 25th, uh, 25th podcast. I'm going to do another top 100, which you know, if you do the last top 100, it was the top 100 like TV shows or cartoon TV shows, I'd say. This one's going to be the 100 greatest movie robots of all time. So I don't know if we're going to get through all this in one podcast. We may have to split it up because, you know, I usually, if y'all, you know, stay tuned, have been, you know, staying tuned to my podcast, I usually try to go like an hour, hour and a half at the most. So we'll see, we'll see how this goes. So, yeah. All right. So we'll get into some Google News. I'm gonna refresh it. So it's been like what? It's about eight minutes now. But I've had this up for a little bit. So I know there's a few. T- I already had Google News pulled up. So I'm gonna see. Yeah, I saw one about Wiz Khalifa. Like this Wiz Khalifa is one of my favorite. Uh, what you call hip hop rappers? Like he's more than just ra- uh, rap. So. It's saying, Wiz Khalifa puts up L.A. mansion for rent months after break-in. So, I didn't even know his house got broken in, so. It says, Wiz Khalifa, a hometown legend in Pittsburgh, but he's living out in Los Angeles these days. The rapper's been out there for a minute, which makes sense, giving, uh, I'm going to see what this is by. Uh, it doesn't say what, well, I guess the website is from, uh, hot, hotnewhiphop.com, and I guess the writer is from Aaron A., uh, he wrote this article February 9th at 12.41. But it's saying, uh, it said, the rapper's been out there for a minute, which makes sense given the LA is a hub for the music industry and California is known for their weed. If you've ever seen any of his vlogs or interviews at his house in LA, you know that he's living like a boss. <laughs> However, after purchasing another property in LA, it looks like he's giving attendant the chance to them to live like the Taylor Gang boss. I mean, really, I look at your boss and think it's just a house. I mean, it's not like all this shit's going to be in there, so. I think I like a little, uh, it's like a Twitter photo of him coming out of his bus trailer, I guess. Uh, it says, according to TMZ, Wiz Khalifa has listed his Los Angeles mansion for rent. It does come at a pretty hefty price. The Baylor home is going for 16 k a month. But from the looks of the spot, it's worth worth it if you have that type of money to blow. The crib has a crazy view of the Los Angeles skyline and canyons, as well as high ceilings, glass walls, an infinity pool, and spa, two fireplaces, and a recording studio, of course. Uh, there are six bedrooms and seven baths in this 8,970 square feet property. The interesting part is that it's going up for rent a few months after his house was hit up by burglars. However, a house sitter managed to scare them off before they could rob the place. Well, that's good, at least... Uh, Wiz, Wiz, uh, Wiz recently purchased another mansion that he coped for $3.4 million. I mean, okay, if you already have that much baller money, 16 can a month, I mean, you might as well just buy the fucking house. You know what I mean? Like, I would not rent a house like that. I mean, he's just trying to get his money back from that. Uh, 
So even as a house sitter, man, that'd be a pretty cool job. You know what I mean? Depends how your money situation is. I mean, I, granted, I'm not a fucking, you know, balling right now. I mean, I'm just, you know, starting up. I would fucking house sit with Cleveland's house, man. If you could live the free and get paid and shit in California, hell yeah. It scares some robbers, man. I know how to shoot guns, bro. <laughs> Will just hit me up, man? I'll do that shit for you. I can do some recordings in, in the corner studio. You let me some access to that? Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my boy whisking in shape, man. He's doing this some jitsus, man. I'd like to see him in the UFC. All right, let's get another one. Uh, yeah, this one, another one. But speaking of weed, there was another uh, thing here. It says, uh, I think this article is by Cortez. It says, or, uh, the headline of that one is saying, Oregon has a massive oversupply of legal cannabis, which I cut off my I was like, oversupply? That's kind of hard to believe. Uh, I said the article is by Tim Fernholtz. It's from, uh, I don't say a time, but it was just February 9th from yesterday. So, uh, saying in 2018, Oregon's legal marijuana producers grew more than twice as much was legally consumed, leading to an oversupply that has 6.5 years worth of cannabis measured by the psychoactive compound THC on the shelves of dispensaries and wholesale uh, distributors. <laughs> distributors? <laughs> Disputed. <laughs> I butchered that name. Distributors. I don't know, bro. <laughs> My fucking uh, pronunciation is off whack today. Uh, it's in the latest data from Oregon, which adopted its legal regime in 2014, was released this week by researchers working for Oregon's Liquor Control Commissions, which closely regulates cannabis from produc- or production to distribution. Uh, researchers see the March oversupply as a win because it suggests in 2018 legal producers in the state grew 2,000 tons of wet marijuana. It was like quotation marks wet. A uh, marijuana product that is trimmed and dried before being sold or used to produce THC or CBD-infused products. For Oregon, producing a lot of marijuana is not new news. Producing a lot of marijuana that is tracked in the legal system is right. Writes uh, Steve Marks, the commission executive director. He notes that the state has garnered $198 million in tax revenue from the first three years of its legal cannabis regime. And that only 45% of estimated organ cannabis is used to supply by the medical marijuana market, legal home grows, or the black market. <laughs> uh, but the current situation creates a concern that legally grown cannabis may be diverted to the black market and or cut out of the state given current market conditions, high supply, falling prices, and a huge pipeline of applications for new entrants into the market, writes Josh Leonard, an economist who works for the state government. All right. And it says, now the question is rather the state government will take any action to push down supply by increasing producers' license fees, limiting the maximum amount of marijuana growth in the state, or capping the number of licenses temporarily or permanently. The researchers do observe that the 6.5 years' worth of THC on the shelves is a deceiving estimate, since some is likely to become stale or uncompetitive with new products. Part of the new or part of the challenge is that many Legal producers are getting into Oregon's market to lay the groundwork ahead of OPT for changes in federal laws down the line, especially since Oregon removed a residency requires for owners. Businesses in Oregon's uh, recreational marijuana market are in some ways analogous to technology startups willing to take the risk of losses today for potential large gains tomorrow. Those are quotation marks. Uh, The report notes, 
quotation mark. Uh, however, these calculus depends on tomorrow not being excessively far in the future and the license reigning in the standing quotation mark. For now, the Oregon's oversupply is more an quotation mark indication of speculative bets and penny markets corrections quotation mark. But the longer the situation continues, the more pressure there will be on cannabis startups to make the money outside of the legal system. All right, so let's know that. All right, let's see, we'll get into one more juicy article. Oh, looks like we got another uh, teacher strike. Let me get another sip of my beer here. This is like four hours ago from the uh, NBCnews.com. all these signs out and says uh it's like a picture here it says chop the top don't undervalue us wow okay i was saying Denver public schools teachers marched during a rally by teachers outside the state capitol late on january 30th 2019 in january 30th i mean but apparently this uh article was made yesterday at 11 55 p.m so it says teachers as i was saying by the uh, associate press the teachers say they will strike Monday after failing to reach an agreement on pay. Both sides meet Saturday and attempt to reach a new contract after over a year of negotiations. Faced with a smoke and mirrors proposal that continues to lack transparency and pushes for failed initiatives for some over meaningful base salary for all, the DCTA strike will commence for the school's Denver students to serve the Denver Classroom Teachers Association said in a statement. And it's like a, tw- a tweet on Twitter. This is uh, from the Denver Public Schools at DPS News Now. Uh, the tweet says, We're disappointed that the DCTA walked away from the table. We presented an update proposal that responded to what we have heard from teachers, aligns to our values of equality, uh, or equity, I mean, and retention honors the pro-comp ballot language and significantly, or significantly, Increases the base pay for teachers. This was approximately at uh, 9.46 p.m. yesterday, February 9, 2019. Uh, saying the superintendent of Denver's public school says she's disappointed the teachers' union broke off negotiations Saturday night. Despite the union's refusal to continue negotiations or negotiating, we remain committed to working with the leadership of the DCTA to end the strike. Superintendent Susanna Cordova said in a statement, in several statements posted Saturday night on the on its Twitter account, uh, the Denver Teachers Union said the Denver Public Schools' latest contract offer is not good enough. Uh, the bargaining team issued a tweet saying, quotation mark, we can do it better, quotation mark. That's uh, another, oh no, it's the same Twitter post. And it's saying the, uh, the disagreements are about pay increases and about bonuses for teachers in high poverty schools and other schools that the district considers a priority. The teachers want lower bonuses for or lower bonuses to free up money for better overall salaries. The district says the bonuses are key to boosting the academic performance to of poor and minority students. And it's a little part here. Uh, it says some teachers say overall funding for support services in those schools is more important. Teachers plan to picketing schools around the city starting Monday. Uh, the district says school will remain open during the strike and will be staffed by administrators and substitute teachers. However, the district has canceled classes for 5,000 preschoolers because it does not have the staff to take care of them. 
The teachers union say 93% of the participating members backed a strike in a vote last month. That uh, was in regard article there. Now, for one, I am, <clears throat> I want to say here in the podcast, I am definitely supportive of our teachers. I, you know, definitely, I was when I'm t- about almost 25 now, you know, February 25th, guys, 3025, you know, wish me happy birthday. <laughs> um, I've been in high school since 2012, so it's seven years now, I guess, almost eight years. Yeah, uh, I could say I could not do that job, man. I mean, I, you would have, and for the way they're paying them now, what I hear, I know, like, it's an older podcast, I know the California teachers in California had a big strike, that just ended, and they got what they deserved. And they were asking for more pay, man, they just had, like, shitty school setups, like, they were saying, like, they had no water or something in there, or, like, rats were in the classrooms or something like that. It was just bad, man, back in California, they were saying California, and this one, they just want better pay. I've worn, I've worn, uh... I'm for it, man. I mean, you know, doing the pay. I mean, I know how kids are, man. They're fucking brutal. But, I mean, they go to what, uh, two, two to four years of college, man. I mean, they, they, I think they deserve the pay, man. It's something, one of the bonuses. I don't know how that. Uh, I'm not, you know, more knowledgeable about it. I just think they, I deserve. If they keep, you know, if they keep doing strikes like this, I'm not. It just tells me like they're just not making what they should. So, I definitely support whatever their cause is. And their cause is for more salaries. So. Teachers, you have my support, for sure. All right, guys, we're going on that note, and we're going to go to the main topic of the podcast. It's going to be the 100 greatest movies, movie robots of all time. It is by PaceMagazine.com. I'll put them on, feel about it, see how this ranks up, and you can do your uh, ranking as well, man. If we'll, we'll go on this list, uh, we'll see how far we go down this list, and uh, see if you agree with this list as well, and if your robots made the cut or not. So now, like, I have I have one robot, robot in mind, but I'm not sure if it's going to be in here or not because it's of a TV show, but I don't want to spoil it yet, so we'll see if he makes the list or not. I'm just, I haven't looked at this list yet, so we'll go in from this. Uh, I'm going to read this little article here, see so what it says. It says, quick. Nah. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll leave this see what it says. This quick, name five things most closely associated with science fiction. Time's up. If robots isn't on your list, you're either from the future, <laughs> where art- art- artificial humanoids are nothing but mere background radiation of cont- uh, comparative living, or you are, in fact, a robot yourself. Masquerading in the skin of a human right now, robots are a mainstay of the genre. For good reason. They stand in as concrete symbols of humanity. Drive to create, to build, extend is outstanding of the human conditions, and they carry them with uh, all the wonder, hubris, hope, and dread that the drive compels. With the sci-fi being as a void in the popular culture as ever, a, a seventh Star Wars and its adorable droids are but a few weeks away from theaters. So, this, like this article was made from uh, November second, twenty fifteen. So that's why it's like this. And it says, uh, before we begin, some ground rules. It says, robots, for the purpose of this list, fall into the following categories. Androids, cyborgs, and intelligent uh, automatons in general. When it comes to cyborgs, we've decided to err on the side of mostly robots. That means despite Obi-Wan's presentation that Darth Vader is more machine than man for the purpose of this list. He's a smidge too human, with apologies to Hell, Jarvis, Mother, and the like. 
no disembodied purely AI entities. The robot must have some kind of body typical of humanoid in shape, though minor exceptions regarding shape for especially awesome robots may appear. The entries m must have appeared in a th theoretical release movie, with additional apologies to all the benders <laughs> and uh, cyclones of pop culture. Uh, the focus here is on iconic film robots. Now let's take a glimpse into cinema past and image the future that may have been and may yet become. Well, they already spoiled it for me. I was like, so I already know Bender was the robot I was going to think of. Because, you know, they have future movies, but I guess not like... It's basically robots from, like, theater movies. So Bender is not on my list. <laughs> not on the list that I wanted to be on. All right, let's get into it, guys. 100. Roman from Robot Monsters, 1953. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and they have just kind of like that uh, that cartoon list that I did. Uh, this kind of article has, you know, a little bit. It has a number. It has the title, you know, whatever it is. And the year has a picture of it in the little description. So that's where we go down. It has this. <laughs> it has a picture of it. It's like some just. It looks as fake as fuck. Some dude in a costume. Like a, it looks like a hairy ass bear. Like just wearing this fucking ridiculous robot head carrying this white chick with some heels that says Roman for all intents and purposes is like the uh, Patron Saint of the cheesy movie monster for decades if someone said bad costume Ro Roman was the first thought to swim to the fro forefront of the subconscious largely thanks to the Misfed Brothers and their similar work uh, the Golden Turkey Awards which shrine robot monsters in the bad movie Hall of Fame. Uh, furthermore, the character is actually quite the monster as a moon robot. He's evaded herbs and slaughtered its entire population except for the Molly crew of eight annoying Hollywood actors still opposing his diabolical plans. Uh, the film intended to portray Roman as more stereotypical looking robot, but giant uh, budgetary shortcomings complied with a 25-year-old first director meant that things went just to the tiniest bit astray. The final result is a gorilla costume that was physically made by Roman actor George Burroughs, which was then fitted with an undersea space helmet, question marks, uh, to make it appear more futuristic, question marks. And that's how a helmet ape became a robot. Jim Valor. That's what I was saying. It looked like yeah, some bear, hairy-ass bear ape costume with a uh, whatever undersea space helmet. Yeah. And then we have 99, uh, we have Chops, the robot dog from Chop, the movie Chops in 1979. It says Chops is short of a, like a bid sitcom episode that was magically transmortified into a feature film, but at the same time, how can you not love the cheesy stupefied of the titular robot dog character, born of hilarious forced Arcarium, uh, Mark's K-9 home protection system, Christian Mark. Chomps is a lovable mutt, tiny in stature, but concealed godlike uh, barnacle powers that allow him to do everything from stunning criminals, which is sonic bark, to busting straight through brick walls. There's a lot of humor uh, derived in the disconnection between the dog's appearance and his cybernetic abilities. One wonders if it might not have been worked slightly better if they cast a dog breed that weighed more than 10 pounds in the row. Chomps unremittingly captures a moat in the very drawing of the computer age. When filmmakers began considerably the possibilities of what was possibly via rapidly advancing mineralization and computer technology. So now we go 98. 
uh, Sunny Eye Robot, 2004. Oh, that was, oh the robot's name is Sunny Eye Robot. Okay. So this, uh, the past two, like, I hadn't even seen those movies. So this is like the first one I've actually seen this movie. So. It's like an old Will Smooth movie. St. Isaac, as a move, Landmark's collection of short stories introduce what can only be described as one of the most influential basic set of rules in all fiction. These three rules of robotics are about the only thing that survives translation in this outrageous genetic and leading Will Smith starring a sci-fi thriller like many of other entries on this list. The only reason Sony made the cut is because his design is pretty cool and stands as a historical record of the Apple Inc. industry. Authentic of day. Unlike other robots who made the cut due to a novel look, this entry was done so with the greatest possibility intensity. Okay. Yeah, I did like that movie, so that's definitely a watch if you haven't seen that one. I recommend that one for that that time frame, because that's kind of how it, how it can go like today's time. Like we actually build robots and they can like, you know, they build these robots to like actually you know do meaningless tasks, whatever tasks, basically shit we didn't want to do, and then they just. Uh, go ape shit and like turn on us. So that's basically how iRobot goes, and Will Smith has to fucking stop him. <laughs> and then we go 97, uh, uh, Bubo, and the movie Clash of Titans, 1981. I actually did see this movie as well, compared to the new ones as well. This is cheesy as fuck, I'm just gonna say. <laughs> uh, St. Osley, as is the case with many of the lower rung designs of this list, uh, Bubo could almost be left with no real harm done, but it's an owl, which is sort of unusually for the list. It's a robot appearing in a time period not known for its technology, so there's that. And nostalgia many folks have for Clash of the Titans gives old Bubo the right to be here. Added bonus along with the Kraken and all the monsters of the film, Bubo is part of the package that represents the final effects work of Ray Harry Hansen. Okay. Yeah, I don't really remember the robot, but I remember like everything. All the monsters are, like cheesy as fuck. <laughs> and then we have '96 uh, Gigolo Joe from Teddy or Gig- Gigolo Joe and Teddy from AI, the movie AI in 2001. I have not seen this movie. Uh, it says as much annoyance as I have in heart with for Spielberg's indulgence over long mess of a movie. I did find some enjoyment in the Mecha robots. That it featured especially Gigolo Joe, Joe Law, and Teddy, voiced by Jack Angel. Uh, still pay full admission for a full three-hour buddy movie featuring those two with all the unwanted sequels and reboots. Huh. Why can't we ever get a whimsically reservation along these lines? Falling somewhere between the rest world and emotions and replicant light and design, the mecha can't thank Law's performance for sentimenting their presence on this list that sounds interesting and there's some kind of like fucking dog character next to him too I don't, I don't know what that is it looks like some kind of puppet in the picture now we have 95 the Colossus uh, from the movie the Colossus of New York looks like fucking Frankenstein it looks cheesy as fuck it's from 1958 uh, it says yet another yep Frankenstein <laughs> Yep, another Frankenstein tale involving brain transplant to a robotic body with only the bulbous of intentions, of course. Estimation mark. Uh, there's very little to recommend here other than the very uh, intimidating Colossus robot himself, a nine-foot, a nine-foot-tall metal monster dressed like a cult leader, <laughs> and a possible visual inspiring of the 
Sentinels in the X-Men comics said, hey, the guy does have mind control powers and laser eyes after all. Okay, yeah, I just tell that's probably probably looks cheesy as fuck. And now we have Ben from Treasured Planet 2002. I have seen this movie, and this is the uh, first, I guess you could say, animated movie of the list so far. I'm going to drink here. Uh, it says, no much better than its reputation, Disney's Treasure, Treasure Island in Space is probably most remembered as a massive boss office bomb that probably signaled the beginning of the end of its traditional hand-drawn cell animated features. It may, may have been the best in the, the studio had to offer, but it was still a fun space adventure featuring an affordable, goofy, uh, animatic robot voiced by Martin Short, Ben, was kind of a bumbling idiot, sure, but to give Guy a break, his memories were literally stolen. That is true. Yeah, I do remember this movie was not like the best, but I mean, it's not your typical, you know, princess movie from Disney, you know what I mean? It's kind of like off there in space. They're just trying to find like just treasure on this planet, you know, treasure planet. Which, I don't know, spoiler for y'all, it's fucking, you know, 2002, basically, they got treasures like fucking inside the fucking planet, and this fucking cyborg dude is like trying to stop this. Typical white guy with some fucking blob dude that follows him all around to stop him from the treasure. So, that's basically how it goes. Now we have 93. Uh, I guess the robot's call from uh, the movie Alien Resurrection in 1997. It says, even the biggest fan of Alien, writer points thumbs at itself. Those in quotation marks. Uh, Count Mount as remotely conjured defense of this embarrassing... In heap of sequel re- reviews, <laughs> despite returning uh, Signori Weaver playing a, an alien slash human hybrid clone who's constantly sniffing the air like a even cartoony Wolverine, Ron uh, Perlman, and a screenplay by famous champion of nerds world over uh, Joss Whedon. Anything terrifying from the once mighty perfect organism monster movies was buried under such much plot silliness and not sensual characters. The fact that this guy, Ryder points, thumbs at itself again, <laughs> question marks, has such a huge crush on Winter Ryder means that her meek but attractive android character means uh, Helm call out SW. Uh, yeah, before I get to the next one, yeah, uh, it's pretty good for this list because like, there's supposed to be a new robot movie that's going to come out too that uh, uh, I saved it. I know it's coming out, I think it's coming out the 14th actually. Valentine's Day. I'm gonna, I forgot what it's called. I'm looking up real quick. I know it's like a female robot. She's, I want to say cyborg because she's like she's more robot than anything. I'm looking up. Let's see. So I can give you all a plug for it because uh, definitely I'm gonna check this movie out. Let's see what it is. Yeah, Alita Battle Angel. That's her name, I believe. I watched the trailer. The trailer is pretty badass. I don't know how to spell her name, Sinema, but it's A L I T A. It's Battle Angel, and that trailer came out in 2018, but it's coming out. Uh, let's see when it comes out. I don't mean my friend, I'm going to watch the release date. I want to make sure for y'all, so you want to check it out. So we're doing this, uh, this, count, uh, this countdown list. Let's see. If, oh, I looked it up. It says the film was originally said to be released on July 20th, 2018, but in February 2018, the film was delayed to December 21st. Before later being pushed back again in late September to its current release date, the film is set for release in Japan and in China on February 22nd, 2019, after the Chinese New Year holidays. 
well, I thought it was going to be America at the time. So they kept pushing it back. So, I mean, I hope they, you know, just push and make it better, I guess. Hmm. Well, they said the budget is fucking $150, $200 million. Yeah, so hopefully that's going to be a good movie. I want to know the release date, though. Let's see. Uh, look here. I'm kind of off track, but like I want to see this release date for y'all and for myself. <laughs> uh, so there we got Rainbow. I know it hasn't came out yet. Yeah, February 14th, 2019. It says Austin, film locations, Austin, Texas. I'm like, it says my location. Like, I would, I would think it'd be everywhere, but it says film location, Austin, Texas. I guess. Because my laptop already has my location. Hmm. So you got a rating. I'm like, how's it already got a rating? It hasn't been out yet. It's a PG-13 into the action-adventure romance film. So, yeah. I'm definitely going to check that out. Alright, anyway. Back to the list. We're going to go to 92. Which is... Entire the entire cast from the movie Robots in two thousand five. This is like another animated movie. Uh, uh, I I know about this movie. I didn't like watch this whole movie, but I just know about it. I'll give you the, the brief bio that's or description that's in it. it. Says Robots is beyond generic as far as cinematic story goes, and distractingly populated with the voices of top tier A list celebrities like Edwin McGregor, Haley Berry. Robin Williams, really Robin Williams was in that, Mel Brooks, Paul Giamatti, etc. But the easily disassembly DreamWorks animated CGI movie can at least boast recommendations for its busy, colorful world inhabited by its delightful, energetic cartoon robot creations, all of them unique designs rather than mass manufactured. Okay. Then we have 90, the TX. Uh, Terminatics from the movie Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, in 2003. It says, as a sequel that might add anything to the franchise, Terminator 3 is early, pointless, and knowless. Once again, sent back in time by future John Connor to protect his younger self from yet another murder bot, intent on snuffing the future human resistance leader before the, well, it's right there in the title. <laughs> Though the movie features some... Satisfying brutal cyborg on cyborg violence. As an intelligence, T Terminator 2's liquid metal ter t uh, terror remains by design a superior killing machine. The smashing in T3 is fun, sure, but Skynet really shouldn't have released this beta test of a Terminator. It's got to be a real bitch sending updates passes in the past. <laughs> I like that article. Let's up here. Alright, guys, we're going to get to the uh, 90. I'm going to grab another beer, take a little piss break real quick, and we'll get back to the show. Stay tuned in. Uh, get yourself entertained.
All right, guys, we're back here. Uh, I was gonna get another beer. I was holding that piss for a good minute. So, all right. All right, now we have ninety. Was this Ellie and other robots in the movie Star Crash, nineteen seventy nine? I have not seen this movie, but this clip looks—or not clip, but I would say picture—looks pretty interesting. It looks like this—it's like a robot with a giant ass fucking pirate sword and this other dude and some fucking skin ass fucking queen outfit. It looks like it has some kind of gimmick lightsaber. So, let's in this article. So, Star Crash is particularly a miracle of low-budget, <laughs> terrible filmmaking. As far as a blended Star Wars ripoff, there you go. As I said, it's beyond a egregious. Yes, that is gorgeously frowed. Dave Hasselhoff brandishing and oh, that's Dave Hasselhoff. Really, a frowed Dave Hasselhoff. Okay. Nah, you can't even know that was him. That explains. Uh, what was our up? Okay, for as a non lightsaber dueling, attempting animated stop motion droids. Picture above, the character of the robot policeman Ellie sports a country fried drawl and a strange vulnerability to caveman's clubs. And there's a 100 foot tall Amazonian genoid who's. Mensons are simply shouted heroes. I swear I'm not making any of this up. <laughs> this movie is so, so bug fuck crazy that it's early endearing and has Christopher Plumbing as the emperor of the universe looking like he is having the time of his life tearing out huge chunks of the beyond cheap sets with his teeth. <laughs> it does look pretty cheap. I was like, uh, well, he said David Hasselhoff, so I, I can kind of believe this. <laughs> It was in the 80s. Well, I mean, it's like 70s, but whatever. Now we have 89, which is uh, Tobor in the movie Tobor the Great. Another 1954, 1950s movie, which is black and white picture and looks re really wha whack as fuck. And it says, uh, okay, so the title, The Great, may be something of a hyperbole, but Tobor, quotation uh, marks, whoa, spell that backwards, mind blown. Oh, robot. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I didn't even get that until now. <laughs> uh, it says, itself is a reasonably cool if you happen to be a little kid who has a psychic bond with his big robot pal. If you're anybody else, uh, Tobar is a huge pain in the ass being easily stolen and reprogrammed between the noble U.S. scientists and evil, probably Soviet spies. Tobar may be capital of telepathically and piloting spaceships, but hell, if he isn't the most gullible robot ever made. Okay. And now we have David from the movie Prometheus in 2012. It says, I accept that the uh, Linda Hoffing cinematic mess of a half-formed, mostly terrible ideas has its fans. Those fans, though, have, the, have to recognize that the plot is both impossibly stupid and overly complicated. At the same time, no matter how pretty it is, after all, it's a really Scott movie, and even his absolute worst is still beautiful to look at. All I can say is thank the alien jockey overlords for Michael Fansbender's android David, who very nearly has a character arc unlike any of the other Maverick spaceship crew members who, question mark, barely desperately, question mark, gets themselves killed. And now we have 87, Otomo from Robocop 3 in 1993. It says, however, awesome cyborg justice machine uh, robot cop fighting robot 
Alright, let's do it again. How awesome Cyborg Justice Machine Robocop finding robot ninjas could end up so boring is. Perhaps as big as mysterious how uh, screenwriter Frank Miller could go from celebrated Daredevil writer and the guy behind the Dark Knight Returns and Sin City to paranoid screen-based work like horror terribly and directly of the incredible addition of the spirit. The autonomous robotic uh, katana wielding ninja who are somehow more than a match for Robocop or nevertheless the only consistently not worth thing in this Peter Wellness less sequel and is tempting to blame the approximately $12 budget for their for the rest but it's really just a dull story bornly told. Okay, I was I mean honestly I haven't seen any of the Robocop series like I've seen like bits and pieces of like maybe the whole thing total but I just know who Robocop is. I haven't really seen this movie, so. Like I was saying, like, I'll let you know if I've seen these movies. <laughs> but so far, I've only seen, like, a few of these. Oh, wow. <laughs> now we have 86, 80s robot, The Muppets. Uh, 2011. 20, huh. Is this the one I've seen? I can't remember. I know I've seen one recently, Muppets movie. When that uh, Kramer goes to Russia or whatever. I don't know if this is the one or not, but. But it says, sure, the character is based, or so the character is basically a, a, a one-note joke, but 80s robot fits perfectly within the story of a recently rebanded Muppet crew has been trying to pick up where they left off right around the time the robot would have been cutting-edge stuff. It says, built-in dialogue modem included. It's <laughs> funny. All right. Yeah, uh, I don't know if this is the one I've seen or not. Let me, let me see. Let me look at the storyline. This is the one I've seen. Um, damn, I kind of lost it. This is, okay, let me make sure this is the one I was. I'm pretty sure it is. Let's see, 2011. If I can just find the story plot, because I know they did that. Um, they did C, what was that with CBS or whatever they had to see, and they canceled it. I guess nobody was really want to watch the Muppets. Uh, it says Muppet, Muppet fanatic with some help from his two human compatriots must regroup the Muppet gang to stop various old Mongol from taking down one of their precious life longing treasures. No, nah, I don't think. No, nah, I don't think it's the one I've seen. I think I've seen a different one. There's the one where like Kermit had like a twin or whatever, or not a tw twin, but like he looked like him, but he had like a Russian thing. Mustache, I think. So that's why a lot of people have like memes about that. Anyhow, we'll go to eighty-five brain uh, from the movie Nine, and <laughs> the movie isn't or it was based or the movie was in two thousand nine. So okay, uh, since there are actually several very cool robots in Shane Acker's feature-length expansion of his two thousand five Oscar-nominated short of the same name, other than itself, though the monstrous brain is the progenitor and without question the most imposing and frightening of the lot and while the marvelous uh, visual artistry of the original short remains intact after being blown up from 11 to 80 minutes the sinister brain is the best thing worth uh, recommending it turns out the answers the mysterious from the short were never as interesting as the questions okay you sip here yeah, I think as it's going, guys, we're probably going to get to, like, 75. I think we're going to have to break it down, like, last time, like, just do 25 at a time. 
but we'll see how it goes. Uh, then we go to 84, Marcus Wright from the movie Terminal Salvation, 2009. Uh, says, on the whole, Terminal Salvation may have been a mechanical and pervertibly as its sensual villain, but at least Sam Worthington's weight, I'm actually an evil cyborg. <laughs> quotation mark, or uh, question mark, estimation mark. With quotation marks to that zoo. Uh, it says, introduce a mildly interesting wrinkle within the Terminator universe. Out of everyone in the film, uh, Worthington surprisingly demonstrates himself t- to be a capable actor in the mid- midst of the endless gray rubble you just to cast him correctly, like, say, as a robot. <laughs> and then we have 83, the blanks in the movie The World's End in 2013. I have seen this movie. Don't remember these, though. But it says, uh, uh, the concluding chapter... Oh, wait. No, I haven't seen this movie. Never mind. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of another movie Movie with that title. I'm thinking of like, that one with Seth Rogen. <laughs> like a comedy movie. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, it says the conclusion chapter of uh, Edgar Wright slash Simon Pegg slash Nick Frost's uh, Cornetto uh, trilogy may be its weakest overall entry, but that only means it's better than 99% of all general comedies out there. Wow, bold statement. Uh, expertly pieing and flouting and clones design alien invasion movie. Wright's human replacing alien robot doppelgangers are actually pretty unnerving when they're coming for you and not bothering with the substantial any longer. And then we have 82, Johnny Five from the movie Short Circuit in 1986. I have not seen this movie. It says, Mini will doubtfully be uh, aggravated. Johnny Five's ranked this low on the list. But that that's because their 80s nostalgia has displaced actual memories of this movie. From his extremely entertaining voice, clumsy slapstick, and totally juvenile one-liners, it's time to revisit Short Circuit with a clear head and then understand why this entry was included only under uh, duress. Yeah, it looks interesting. I would say for this list, it's probably not going to be on here because this is 2015, but like that um, that robot from the movie Star Wars Rogue One, I think that robot should be on the fucking list because that dude had a personality, man. But it's not going to be on this movie, or this list. I forgot the robot's name, but, you know, if y'all follow me, if y'all follow stories, you'll probably know the robot I'm talking about. Y'all can let me know. And then we have 81, uh, Autumn Metro Twin City, Twin Cities and Zeus from the movie Real Steel, 2011. Uh, I have heard about this movie, but I didn't, like, I haven't watched this. Or I may have seen, like, a clip or something, a clip or two on it, maybe the trailer. But I've not seen this from the beginning to end. As of, as of late. It says, so, it's just a remake of Rocky, by the way, of Robot Proxies. Uh, with an extremely annoying child actor. Who cares? Uh, Autumn, as far as robots go, looks like the scrappy underdog and that he's built from scrap. Uh, the story needs to be, uh, and the other boxing bots physically resemble advancing rungs of success along the health circuit. If Rock'em Sock'em Robots had to be made into a movie, at least they injected some style and stole from the best. Wow, that's harsh criticism in this one. Yeah. I haven't watched that movie, so. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we have uh, number 80, Fembots, uh, from the movie Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery in 1997. Man, this dude is still alive, man. This 
like uh, him and Doctor uh, Dr. Evil Man, like he's still alive. But they need to make another fucking movie, man. I'm just saying they got to make another fucking Austin Powers movie for main character. I mean, uh, I don't mean to me rest in peace. His fucking has died. But fuck, man, they got to make another movie. It's fucking hilarious, serious. Uh, but anyway, I, I have watched this movie. I have watched all Austin Powers, but they all kind of blend in together for me. This is I haven't watched in a while. But it says uh, one of the best or one of the better visual jokes in Mike Mike Myers' goofy '60s spy spoof was the robotic henchwoman of Austin Powers' nemesis, Doctor Evil, got essentially borrowed from Doctor Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine. They were a perfect stick fit for the groovy spirit of the film. I'll give their jumblies at, at your own risk. That's where they pack their real heat. So he's just showing the clips like the uh, these finbots you haven't seen. It. They're basically like blonde robots, all you know, white blonde girls, fucking like uh, sixty haircuts with fucking uh, fireworks coming out of their fucking bras, titty areas, kind of like what still hip hop girls do today, aka Katy Perry, Lady Gaga. So it's nothing new, but it's still theirs. And then we have seventy nine. Uh, robot from the movie Robot and Frank 2012. I have not seen this movie. It says one part a favorable family comedy, one part misdoing drama, and the fragile na- nature of comedy or nature of memory, I should say. The particular robot, impressively voiced by Peter Saragard, of Robot and Frank, is the perfect pal to Frank Will's uh, quotations, Frank Lanagula quotation. Former cat burglar, now suffering from the early stages of Dinamata. Frank wants a little of his old criminal mojo back and his ultimate helper robot design. Or, yeah, his uh, ultimate helper robot doesn't judge. He's a perfect assistant and accomplice. And now we go through 78. The Killbots from the movie Chopping Mall, 1986. I have not seen this movie. <laughs> they look like fucking robot tanks. Uh, so it's a spite, but probably because of being a Roger Corman cheapy or cheapy, I guess to say. There's an undeniably affected slasher flick at its core. Stupid people included actual adult characters, not just teens, screwing around in a mall after closing hours, or meets for some super advanced malfunctioning security ro- ro- or security bot. They say bots, but we're robots. By design, they appear fairly intimidated that. Is until they incarcerated the uh, trespassing with military hardware lasers. Okay, that looks like a fucking fun 80s movie to get stoned to. <laughs> and now we have 77, which is Sid 6.7 from the movie uh, Virtuosity. The yeah, movie was in 1995. I have not seen this movie. Uh, saying, though the surrounding movie was disposable late summer trash. Okay. <laughs> Visuality nonetheless featured a pre-LA uh, controversial Russell Crowe as a serial killer AI made manifest through the new uh, to Hollywood magical concept of the nanotech, fresh at the time, and rendered with the appropriate uh, psychotic menace by Crowe. Uh, Sid 6.7 managed to cut a memorable figure through the unauthorized, unremarkable techno killer. Okay. Uh, they have 76, uh, Eli, 
from this movie Star Trek, the motion picture in 1979. I have not watched this movie. I have not. I'm just going to put it out now. They'll probably be listed later on for these more. But I've not seen any of Star Trek movies. Uh, it says, Star Trek uh, was finally revived this time on the big screen in 1979. Thanks largely to its surpassing popularity in the TV series decade of syndication. And also probably due to recent sci-fi box office smashes. Like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. There may have been some recent mildly success movies involving wars around a star or something too. Though unfamously uh, trouble, trouble during production, filled with countless script revisions, scrabbling studio excesses, and exhausting over-references for Stanley Kerbeck's 2001 A Space Odyssey. As well as a very close no-show by Leonard Nomoy, the fact that the motion picture emerged as anything at all striking the testament to the enduring Trek traditions of de- delivering big ideas in this case. It's the unfathomably vast alien intelligence vigor. I think I'm saying that right. It's an intake robotic emissary to humanity. A double of new crew member AI. It's like progresses A or I L I A. As they inadvertently threaten all life on Earth. And man's that's one <laughs> it says and man that's one sexy all power robot probe <laughs> who happens to herald unstoppable doom, so try to control yourself, Kirk. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Alright guys, we're getting to the last, we're getting to 75, which is Astro Boy from Astro Boy, the movie 2009. I have not watched this movie, but I do know who Astro Boy is. From the comic book series and all that jazz. And it's saying, uh, the hero of early Japan manga, yeah, my comic books, you know the manga, whatever. It says the hero of the early J- Japanese manga became, it's like one of the first like Japanese manga anyway, I believe, from the 60s, yeah. Because it's saying uh became an animated TV show in 1960. Yeah, I've seen the TV show a little bit too. It was like black and white. In 1963, in a CGI animated movie in 2009, living in a future world where robots and humans coexist, Astro Boy was the ro- robot placement for Dr. Tensman's dead son. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, pretty much looked like his son too. Uh, it says rejected when Tensman realized he wouldn't be the same. And yes, AI pretty much coped that plot. And it's saying by Josh Jackson. Okay. Alright guys, we're going to cut it here. It's about getting to the hour. So, it, I'm pretty much just going to cut it like the last the last four-part series. That Top 100 series from that cartoon one. So, oh, we'll see how it goes, guys. But I knew, uh, we'll probably do a break because uh, probably next week's uh, podcast, we're probably going to do like the pre, pre uh, the predictions from the Olympus and Chamber. But we may add this as well, so I may do like a two a two part thing, like half of the message predictions and then the uh you know, other part of this. So we'll just see how the time time balancing goes for, for that. But guys, I hope you enjoyed these episode of Topics on the Pod. Be sure to check in my plugins down below. You can check me on the Instagram. Check me on the Twitter. Tell me on the Twitch. I have it all down below. And I thank you guys so much for uh enjoying Coming on to the podcast, the results in the five-star reviews. And, as I promised, guys, from at the beginning of this podcast, we're going to give you this outro song, which is going to be really fitting because this is goodbye for now, but it is never a goodbye because we're going to continue on these podcasts each and every week, you know, as best as possible. So, this is that's this is be a good outro for you to know that we will return, and it's a goodbye, but it's not a never goodbye. So, until next time, guys. 
This is your boy, DJ Stas, saying peace. Down the years it's been a ride And now I'm sorry I'm all it's not in tonight And on and on as we go we seem to fight But baby that's just the way we love And only in the dark do we see our sunlight Home is where we were Home is where we want to be And yes we don't have time to say goodbye and this ain't the last time Now this time before we go Raise your hands, raise your toes Time is something special Just like love before it starts to snow It's crazy how the years have gone Memories are the drug we're on But darling, just remember That there's never a goodbye There's There's never a goodbye